Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. Hi, I'm Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counselor and clinically certified domestic violence counselor and the creator of SNAP, Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities. Today we're going to talk about covert narcissists, right? We have overt narcissists and covert narcissists. But I think it's important too that we maybe dial it back a little bit. Let's talk about the behaviors themselves and the tendencies and the traits, right? So we'll say covert narcissism right, and overt narcissism, because really narcissists, narcissistic people, they employ both versions, covert and overt. We use covert narcissism and overt narcissism in different ways, and a narcissistic person might even have a blend of the two types of narcissism that they use off and on. This will help you locate those versions of narcissism and understand why it is that it's called overt versus covert and also why it's so hard to detect a covert narcissist in the beginning. But let me just clarify and say that the term covert, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, the person is intentionally trying to hide their narcissistic traits, right? So I think that the word covert can be confusing at times for people. It's almost like it's almost like it would be like an overt narcissist who's like who knows that they're a narcissist and they're going to be more on the down low with their narcissism. Um, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about someone who employs this style of narcissism more than the style of overt narcissism. Okay, so we've got overt narcissism, covert narcissism, and anyone who employs a lot of narcissism could use one or the other, tendencies strongly toward one or the other, or, or a mix of the two. I hope that's clear, but I'm going to distinguish between the two. Overt narcissism is what we see the most of. It's obvious. These are the grandiose types. These are the ones that want to be front and center. They're extroverted. They like to be the center of attention, and they, they really are outward um, with their uh, grandiosity, how great they are, how important they are. They're flamboyant. Um, they want to be the center of attention, right? And those are easier to spot. It's a, it's a peacock, you know, with a big plumage that is marching around going, do you see me? How beautiful? Do you see me? How amazing I am, uh, right? Look at my plumage. Aren't I gorgeous, right? So that's a, that's a excuse me, that's an overt narcissist or use someone using overt narcissism when they're a showboat um, and when they want to be seen and heard, uh, and they seek a lot of attention, okay? So that is obvious, right? We know what overt narcissism is. It's pretty easy to spot. One way to look at overt narcissism too is that I'm going to lord over others. My superiority 
is what comes first, right? And I am better than you. I'm looking down on you, down my nose at you. Um, if I use a lot of overt narcissism, I'm up here and you're down there, right? Okay, so let's move to covert narcissism. Covert narcissism might switch up the way that that um, dynamic works. So like I said, with overt narcissism, I'm lording over you, looking down at you, right? With covert narcissism, it's almost like this person is down here and everyone else is above them looking down at them, right? Poor me, everyone shits on me, everyone criticizes me, no one recognizes my greatness, all these bad things have happened to me. Um, also, I had no part in those things that happened to me, so I'm gonna take no responsibility for my situation, right? Okay, when you encounter someone who employs a lot of covert narcissism, you're going to be hearing a lot of poor me, poor baby, sob stories, woe is me, right? We're doing a lot of wallowing and ruminating of all the terrible things that have happened to me. And also, again, we're not, we're not taking responsibility for these things, right? It's always, I don't know what happened. People just don't treat me right and they don't recognize my greatness and I do everything I'm supposed to do. In fact, I go above and beyond. I help all these people, so now I'm a martyr. Look at everything I do for everybody else and no one does anything for me. Um, and, and so it's like this person has a martyr complex. They, um, they don't take responsibility in the things that go on in their lives. It's just that they're like this hapless pawn that other people use. Um, so they can be withdrawn, more introverted. They can also be very sweet um, and seemingly like, you know, you feel real bad for them. So as a therapist, this is somebody who comes in and they have um, almost like a shrinking demeanor and, you know, they kind of might have some really true stories of bad things that have happened to them, but they seem kind of pitiful and beaten down and you know you, you really do at first feel really bad for them and they can suck you into their victim narratives and their martyr narratives pretty quickly and sometimes it takes a while for us to figure out that this person is using a lot of covert narcissism but here's how we can discover the truth and that is when we try to help the person right when we try to offer advice or say hey maybe this will work or I tried this and it works for me notice that they reject every form of uh, every form of help that you offer if it doesn't fall in line with exactly what they're looking for in order to perpetuate their victim narrative right as a therapist we try to connect in a way emotionally and put our put ourselves in this person's shoes and since they present usually as very self-effacing sort of withdrawn and, and their narratives might be true and you know you can tell that it's true and so your heart goes out to this person but then after a while of working with them you notice that they get very defensive and almost like you're trying to rob them of their suffering they also want to tell you a lot about how their suffering is unique. No one hurts the way they hurt. No one has experienced things that they've experienced. Even though they're just a human being like everybody else, 
um, in their mind, for some reason, they're incredibly unique and you really can't put yourself in their shoes. And they want you to know that a lot. Like, well, you may be a therapist at CELA. This is different though. Like you, you might think you know about this, but you really don't. I'm the one who knows the most about it. And I'm telling you that none of those things are going to work. Um, and furthermore, you must not really respect um, my level of suffering if you think that those techniques or suggestions are going to put a dent in what I'm experiencing. You don't know what you're talking about. So it, it's like they talk you out of the suggestions that you're making to try to help. Um, if you're offering techniques, they're going to immediately poo-poo those and say why they don't work. Um, they might also get sort of like touchy with you almost like that they've lost their faith in your capabilities as a therapist, um, even like that they're disappointed in you, that you haven't been able to, you know, figure out what their issues are. It's like, it's a challenge to see if you'll rise to the occasion of trying to help, but they fully intend to turn your help down anyway. Really remember this, okay, that narcissistic people feed on attention and emotion. So people that employ covert narcissism come to therapy because they're evoking all this um, energy and emotion and attention from the therapist. Uh, so people that employ the covert narcissism, they are in the therapy chair, okay? So that myth that, that narcissistic people don't go to therapy, not true, they do. So we're hearing a lot of how their suffering is unique. We are hearing a lot of uh, victim and martyr narratives of how they do things for everybody else and nobody does anything for them. Also, when it comes to consequences that they've faced for their own behaviors, they seem very confused as to why those things played out the way that they did. Um, and they assume that everyone's out to get them. So there's like this level of paranoia and they take everything really personally. And you're sitting there going, no, that just, that just happens to people. Like, I, I know a lot of people that have had similar experiences, but their experience is different always. Remember, <laughs> when, they're trying, when you're trying to connect with them and say, me too, basically, they're going to go, no, no, you don't know what it's like. Notice that when you are trying to connect with someone else and you say, me too, they'll go, you, really? You too? Oh, and it sort of makes them feel less alone um, because they've identified that, that other people have experienced this and that's a relief. But a narcissistic person doesn't want to know that other people um, go through the same things they go through because then that sort of cancels out that chronic uniqueness that they really love the most. Also, you'll notice that if you are entangled with this person, they will quickly forget and have amnesia about previous attempts you've made to help or previous help that you've given. It's almost like, what have you done for me lately? Um, in my situation, I can think of a few times where I've gone, a, gone above and beyond for somebody, um, including you know pro bono work even, um, and, and really trying to meet that person where they are uh, and, and noticing that it's a covert narcissism type situation, but still, really wanting to help the person. Um, and you'll notice that the first time you, you know, cross them or the first time you don't meet their need that they, you know, their specific need, they'll toss you aside or act like that you never did anything for them ever. And you're like, oh my God, like 
I did this, 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 and this for you. I came over to your house. I cooked you dinner when you had surgery. I um, picked your kids up from school for you while you were dealing with some issue. Um, I blah, blah, blah. I did all these things, right? And then they'll call you up. Oh, can you do this or that? And you're like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I can't. Well, I see we're not friends anymore. It's like, whoa, hold on. Uh, so you think you're investing in the relationship and you think that it's going to be like a mutual back and forth thing, but after a while you notice there's an imbalance here and that you're give, 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 they're take, 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 and furthermore, they want more, more, more. It's a black hole of neediness. So if there's someone in your life who you just kind of can't put your finger on it, but there's a lot of um, kind of belly aching, negativity, complaining, never satisfied, um, takes everything personally, has this very sort of cynical view uh, and thinks that everyone has ulterior motives that, you know, when you go to help them, it's not because you're just a good person who wants to help. It's because, um, you know, you're going to try to get something out of them, whether that's money or, um, remember, they think they're superior. So if you're helping them and they're superior to you, it's because they're entitled to your help they're entitled to your attention. So you'll notice this person is a little bit more demanding and not very grateful anymore, and it's definitely not a balanced situation. So just keep in mind that there are different styles of narcissism, and also when we say narcissist, right, people get upset about that. But we could say narcissism as a descriptive term to use to describe people who have tendencies towards those traits. Not everyone is a full-blown narcissist, right? And we don't want to piss off the mental health community by using the word narcissist. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it helps if you just say narcissism. Uh, and when we talk about covert narcissism, keep in mind that it can be employed with varying degrees as narcissism exists on a spectrum. Okay, I hope this was helpful and that we've clarified what covert narcissism is. And like I always say, therapists need affirmation too, you know, so make sure that you like and subscribe. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at The Official Snap. Thanks for listening.